Hola, all you lovely traumatized humans. Aren't we all traumatized in some way? I think so. What does trauma mean? Depends, I guess, on who you ask. Uh, today we're talking about a productivity, productivity or productivity. I suppose that depends and it doesn't really matter. Um, side note, I'm having a hard time finding stock photos to use um, just because, I don't know, they all sort of suck. Anyway, um, I'm just going to jump right in. You know what is not useful? Cookie cutter, stock image adjacent, tale as old as time, advice, especially when that advice relates to work. Like, haven't we all heard all the advice? No productivity hack will help you if you aren't able to tolerate the work that you do. So step one is having or getting a job you don't hate or engaging in work that is at least somewhat worth the hours you'll inevitably put into it. All right, uh, I have nine tips for you. I just had to couch that in that little like, you know, uh, what's the word for that? Uh, fuck, number one, develop a routine. Jordan Peterson is one of my favorite people in the world. And he said that um, he said that he is a huge advocate of schedules and routines and lists. First, he says you need to have a higher vision or goal for yourself and build your routine backward from that. Let your vision inform your routine. My daily routine is right now this, wake up, work out, shower, coffee, breakfast, work. The items on my to-do list are forever shifting, but I know that I will dedicate a certain chunk of my day to work and my lists guide my most relevant tasks. But I need to get my morning routine done before I like jump into working. The most important thing is to plan your day so you aren't floundering from task to task. Dr. Peterson says, aim high and then concentrate on the day. What do you need to attend to in order to be in a better place tonight than you were in this morning? Um, and then I linked a video um, that just explains this in more depth. And the second tip I have is time block. This is something I kind of discovered on my own at work, but time blocking is essentially setting aside a specific amount of time to do one task. For example, you could block time um, for, this is what I do, meetings, emails, phone calls, creative work, writing, whatever. At work, I block time to write grants, big chunk, like four hours, um, time to call donors or prospects. I usually do that in the middle of the week, in the afternoon, because I feel like people respond more, and then time to catch up on emails or data entry, I block time for that. Um, and when I set out to do each task, I commit to focusing on it until I'm finished. This eliminates distractions and increases my overall efficiency. And then um, I linked a very unnecessarily detailed description of this. <laughs> Number three, limit distractions. One study found that the average office worker gets distracted every 40 seconds when working in front of a computer. This is both absurd and mildly insulting. Like how can we even pretend to be productive when we have the totality of human knowledge at our fingertips? More importantly, it's hard to engage in deep work um, or even finish a complete thought when constantly faced with distractions. Turning off notifications is a good place to start. Um, if I'm doing some writing that doesn't require the internet, I also disconnect from that, which is very helpful in limiting distractions. Finally, put your phone away, silence it, or keep it out of reach. The average American looks at their phone 96 times every day. Cut that in half and you'll have eons more time. Number four, say no. Oh, Sarah, that's so profound. One of the, my first therapists used to tell me that no is a complete sentence. Um, she was trying to help me understand that it's okay to say no sometimes. I was very much a people pleaser. Not only is it okay, but it's necessary and healthy. Sometimes we take on extra tax, tasks oof, that we don't need to because we feel obligated. We fear letting someone down. We fear failure or we simply don't want to let, um, you know, ourselves down. We want to be the most productive. But saying no to projects that you don't have the capacity for um, will guard your time for things that matter more or that do interest you. Number five, eat the frog. <laughs> this is like 
cringe. I can't believe I included this. Productivity consultant Brian Tracy named the eat the frog method after this vivid piece of advice from Mark Twain. If it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. Basically, eating the frog means identifying one important task for the day and doing it first. Usually, the frog is like the most difficult or important or maybe unpleasant task. And so uh, that's it. Just do the hard thing first and the rest of the day will be easy. Number six, utilize your chronotype. Your chronotype is your body clock, your sleep-wake cycle, your pit and valley of energy. Around 10% of people are larks or who feel most energized in the morning. Another 20% are owls who do their best work at night. I don't know who the fuck decided this. The other 70% fall somewhere in the middle. Dan Pink, author of When the Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. When? Semicolon. The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing, writes that paying attention to your chronotype and structuring your tasks around your energy peaks can help you get a lot more done in less time. Obviously, um, I'm most energetic in the morning, so if I need to be particularly creative or productive, I'll block off my mornings for the doing of things. Number seven, take breaks. It can feel counterproductive to stop working even for a few minutes if you have a lot on your plate, but taking time to go for a short walk, make some coffee, or just unplug and clear your brain and bring you back to work refreshed. Giving your eyes a break from screens and your brain a break from problem solving can improve your overall productivity and happiness. Sometimes less is more, um, as the infamous architect said. Ludwig was his name. That's a really unfortunate name. Ludwig just makes me think of somebody in a big, white, fake wig, you know, like George Washington-ish. Anyway, number eight, use Parkinson's Law. Um, not the disease. Parkinson's law states that work will fill the time available for its completion. So if you have four hours to complete a task, that ta- that task will take four hours. You'll, you'll make it take four hours. If you only reasonably need three hours for a task, you'll fill the remaining hour with trivial work or procrastination. To hack Parkinson's law, uh, try cutting your deadlines in half. Gamify tasks by racing against the clock, but not at the expense of your quality of work. Create consequences or align deadlines with external obligations. You can hack yourself into completing more work in far less time using Parkinson's law to your advantage. Number nine, work smarter, not harder. I'm a big believer in not reinventing the wheel. Depending on your role and responsibilities, your ability to reduce time by reusing and recycling work will vary. But things like emails, presentations, proposals, or any activity where your communications, uh, you're communicating similar information can be copied or edited. Most of us have some redundancy in our work. Utilizing redundancy will increase your productivity and make you an expert at delivering, delivering your content. <laughs> okay, and then I, I um, linked Ronnie Chang, he, making fun of America and consumerism and all the things, you know, that make America great again. Um, I don't know why. I think it, I just found it, like, a mildly relevant. Find your next planner. Um, I don't use a paper planner. I find that it's unnecessary. Everything's digitized. Why do you have to write shit down? But some people like it. Um, Or read Deep Work by Cal Newport. That's a book that I will read more than once in my life. It's worth it. Okay. um, Bye.